All right, so welcome back to the Expert Edge. I hope you had a great week. I know for me, I just took my son to Universal Studios. He's 10 years old. And uh, I did a classic dad move. So I chatted with my wife and she's like, hey, babe, make sure you don't take him on anything too scary uh, because he's still young, etc." And I'm like, cool, cool. Yeah, I've got this. I've got this. And we do, we go to the Mario land, right? Which was the main land we wanted to go to, that he wanted to go to. And then the first ride straight out of it, it was Revenge of the Mummy. And I remember I was halfway on the ride and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I have broken the rule. Classic dad move, like second ride in. So that was my weekend. He survived. We all survived. We had a great time. We had a great time of hanging out with my son. Uh, but it was just a blast. So hope you guys are well. That's kind of what I've been up to. I'm about to actually take a trip to Australia for the first time uh, for five years. Uh, I haven't been back to back to the motherland for five years. So I'm heading back to Australia for a couple of weeks. Should be a great, great little trip. So make sure you connect with me on the Instagrams, just at Colin Boyd with one L, C-O-L-A-N-B-O-Y-D. And uh, you'll see some of my adventures off in Australia while we go back and hang out with family and friends and stuff. But anyway, today is going to be a killer episode. I've got three simple ways that you can become a more engaging storyteller, even if you feel like you're boring at telling stories. These are three tips you're going to be able to use easily and right away. So let's get into it. You are listening to the Expert Edge Podcast. This is the place where experts come to command the stage, position themselves as authorities, and scale their business up. Get ready to access your next level of potential with your host, Colin Boy. So I was on a lunch break at a workshop that I was attending, and at the time I was studying to be a life coach. Uh, the workshop was amazing, and I'm standing there eating a ham and lettuce sandwich, uh, just kind of minding my own business. And my mentor at the time, she was running the workshop. She comes over to me and uh, she's like, "Colin, how, how's it all? How's all the training going?" And I'm like, "Oh my gosh, amazing! Loving it, loving asking questions, loving this whole process. Like I said, it's just phenomenal. I'm really enjoying being a life coach." And uh, she says, oh my gosh, that's so good. I'm so glad you're enjoying the content and, and, and the course. And then she asks, um, I'm kind of curious, you know, you, you've been doing this program for a little while. I'm curious, how much money are you making per month in your coaching business now? And at the time, I was making very little. Like, I think I was making about $300 a month in my coaching business. And so I just kind of started it and I had like one client who was working with me, you know, every month or every other month. And I remember saying to her, I said, oh, I'm making about $300. And I remember feeling kind of like really uncomfortable sharing with her how how much money I was making because I knew that I was not living up to my potential in terms of what was possible. Uh, and she looks at me and she's like, she's like, wait, wait, what did you just say? $300. And I was like, yeah. And I didn't know whether she was going to respond positively or negatively. And she turns to me and she says, Colin, only $300. She said, you've got all this great support. You've got a great, great content. You've got great skills. 
um, you know, you, you, you know how to help people. She said, you're making $300. And then at the time, so I'm like, yeah, I am. And so let's be frank at the time in my mind, I've got all these reasons why I hadn't really grown my coaching business. It was some reasons were at the time I was actually considering moving overseas, right? So I'm telling myself, oh, if I start my business now, then I'm going to have to stop it and then restart it overseas. So there's kind of like no point in doing this. And by the way, this is like over a decade ago, right? So we were like exploring that option. I was newly married. Um, in my mind, I was like, oh, I'm quite young. So like, you know, being young is tough. So like, I don't know if I'm really credible enough to be a life coach. And then, and then I was telling myself like, oh, you know what? I think I just need to do more learning. I need to do more learning to, but then once I do more learning and I get the certificate, because if I get this, if I get a certificate, then I, then people will know it's official that I'm a life coach and then like, I'll feel more credible in what I'm doing. So I just need to get the certificate, right? I had all these, I had all these things going on in my mind. I'm telling myself all these stories and I, I don't know about you, whether you've ever told yourself stories, but that's what I'm telling myself, right? I'm telling myself stories and my uh, my mentor comes and says to me, she's like, Colin, you're you're only making $300 a month. And I was like, yeah. And she goes, how old are you? Now, at the time I was 28, right? So it's over a decade ago now. <laughs> so I was 28 and I told her, I said, I'm 28. And she goes, you you want to have kids, don't you? And I was like, yeah, I, I really do. I, I so want to have kids. And she looks at me with her like brown eyes. She had like short hair uh, and she's like standing up straight and just like looking at me straight in the eyes. And she said, she said, you know what? You're going to be 30, year, 30 years old and you'll have kids. But you know what? What will, the, what will they have to look up to? Not very much. You know what you are, Colin? You're a schmuck. That's what you are. You are a waste of potential. You're an absolute schmuck. On honest to God, like this is like what she's saying to me, right? I've got a bit of lettuce hanging out of my mouth at this point. I've got some ham on my foot, right? I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go, right? This is just a lunch break. And she looks at me and she says, Colin, I want you to go out and make, and she gave me an amount. It was around $10,000 a month, right? She's like, I want you to go out and make $10,000 a month for the next three months and call me personally and let me know about the progress you've made. And then I was like, okay. And she literally gave me her her mobile number, right? And and do you know what was crazy? Up until that point, I had all these desires of growing my business, but I had all these excuses that I was telling myself about what was stopping me. And it was at that point that I decided that enough was enough. That, in other words, I, I in the in um, Stephen Pressfield's words, I, I wanted to turn pro. I wanted to go from being an amateur to being a pro. And so I decided that I was going to show up differently for my audience. I decided that I was going to step into uh, opportunities that I knew were approaching with more confidence. I decided that I was going to be a pro. Like I was going to start sending emails to my database. I was going to start promoting my lead magnet. I was going to start networking with people. I was going to start actually building my website. Like I was like, I'm going to be a pro. And I decided to step up into that despite my fears. 
And what was crazy was this synchronicity of events that happened. In fact, I ended up getting my first speaking engagement. That ended up landing, I ended up signing like 10 to 12 clients from that speaking engagement. Then I started, then I landed my first corporate um, opportunity and started speaking at that all within this three month period. And what was crazy was I remember doing my numbers because I, I would do my numbers every month about how much money I was making. It was pretty easy right at the start because <laughs> I had like one client. But at the end, I was doing my numbers at the three-month mark and I'd made more than $10,000 a month, right? And it was absolutely mind-blowing. I remember looking at my numbers thinking, oh my gosh, I've just reached the goal that she, you know, she called me up to. And I remember calling her up and saying, just saying, you wouldn't believe this. I, 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 I did it. I, I made more than $10,000 a month in my coaching business. And she goes, Colin, I, I know you did. She said, you always had it within you. You were just listening to all the excuses. You were listening to all the stories, all the reasons why you couldn't do it. But the truth was that you already had it within you. And she said, go out, step up and become even more than that in this future. And I look back at that moment and I realized that that I had been listening to the stories, the reasons, and I hadn't been taking responsibility for my results. Now, I know what that means for me, but I wonder what that means for you. I wonder what areas in your life you haven't take haven't taken full responsibility for your results. And you've been telling yourself the excuses, the reasons, and all of these excuses seem very valid. In fact, they seem like facts, right? The excuses don't seem like excuses because we're adults. So we're like very sophisticated at telling ourselves excuses, right? I think there's an old saying that says, you know, uh, adults are just kids with better excuses. <laughs> I, know, I know that's true for me, right? So often when there's something big that I want to go after, I'll come up with various excuses of why I shouldn't do it, why I couldn't do it, why I'm not, you know, good enough to do it or whatever it is. But I, one, one thing I've learned in creating success in my expert business is to thank that part of me, right? Just acknowledge it, which we talked a lot about in the episode last week about the six steps creating an identity. If you haven't listened to that, definitely listen to that. But I thank that part of my identity and I choose to take responsibility to move forward despite the thoughts that are going on in my head. And so that was a journey for me about taking full responsibility, stepping into my power and starting to really grow my business. And do you know what's crazy? From that moment on, I have in, in, in that, that growth, I've continued to grow my business to where we are right now. And so let me just press pause. Right then, I just told you a story. I went straight into that story, right? And so the context of our conversation today is... How do you tell engaging stories, even if you feel like you're not a good storyteller? Because in fact, there are a few things that I just used right then that if you use, you'll become a more engaging storyteller. Now, this the context of this podcast is general storytelling. This is not necessarily your conversion story, right? And if you want to check out the conversion story, you can go to conversionstoryformula.com. But this is like general storytelling because I think if you want to become a more engaging speaker, you have to be, get better at storytelling. And I'm going to share with you three insights that I think will create a revelation in your mind and your heart about how to tell better stories, even if you feel like you're not a good storyteller. So you ready for this? All right. 
So number one, the first insight for becoming a more engaging storyteller is to share with the audience both the external experience and the internal experience. So what I mean by that is if you go back and listen to the story that I just told, I shared the external experience of what was happening. In other words, I was at the workshop, what I was eating, what my mentor looked like, what the experience I was having, that kind of brought you into the story. And then I shared what was going on internally in me. In other words, the questions I was asking myself, the excuses I was coming up with, all the reasons that I had in my mind. And I even asked the question of you, if you go back and listen to it, I asked the question of whether you've experienced something like that. So in other words, I broke down what was happening for me externally in the story, and I also broke down what was happening for me internally. Now, the power of this, the the profoundness of this is that when you describe a story externally, right, what that does is it brings the audience into your story. But then when you shift at certain points to describe the story internally, in other words, what was going on inside of you, the dissonance, the challenge, the desires, the, the, the difficulty that you were experiencing, the, the story all of a sudden goes from being a story that the audience is listening to, to becoming their story. Because what happens is the listener's unconscious mind starts to look for little nuances, little distinctions that that they can find in their own story. Does that make sense? And so the first distinction here is when you're telling stories, you've got a transition between the external and the internal, the external and the internal. It's actually like a, a balancing flow. So I usually start external, then I go internal, then I'll go external, then internal, external, internal, right? So when I'm telling the story, I'm balancing between those two uh, perspectives when I tell the story. And that is one of the secrets to to telling a really engaging story, especially from a speaking perspective. If you're doing a Facebook Live or you're doing a video or a webinar or a speech, that is one of the secrets. That's quite an advanced ninja tip, but uh, I think I think you guys are ready for it, right? The second thing, the second thing is that I don't want you to retell the story. I want you to step into the story. So in other words, don't think about what was happening. I want you to get into a state where you actually experience what was happening. Now, that is when you're telling the story, mentally really go back and revisit the experience that you had in that story, what you were feeling, what were you seeing, what were you experiencing? What was the like? What was it like? And and that may even bring up emotion. For some of you, that's going to bring up some significant emotion for when you tell the story. Now, one of the tips that I give for if you experience significant emotion when you tell a story, you have to keep in mind the purpose of the emotion. So the purpose of the emotion is not for you to be emotional. The purpose of the emotion is to move the audience. So if you find yourself getting too emotional or too like like caught up in the emotion of the story, remind yourself that the purpose of the emotion is to move the audience, not to move you. So even though you're being moved, because when you're moved by the emotion, the audience will be moved by the emotion as well. 
So when you're moved by the emotion, the audience will be moved by the emotion. But you've got to remember the purpose of the emotion. The purpose of the emotion is for the audience to be moved. So if you find yourself getting too emotional, stop, recalibrate. One thing you can do is you can actually look up with your eyes, like look up into the into the air. When you look up into look up above, that actually accesses like in terms of eye movements, up is visual. So just so you know, up is visual, right and left is auditory, and down to the right is kinesthetic. You can even do it with your eyes right now. If you look up, that's how you picture something. Like if you imagine something, you look up. If you look across, that's how you're hearing something, right and the left. And if you look down to the right, you can even feel it in your body. When your eyes look down to the right, you can like you can viscerally feel it in your body. I, I have like a gut feeling, like you can feel it in your gut when I look down to the right. And then down to the left is what they call auditory, um, auditory digital, right? So down to the left is auditory digital, but down to the right is kinesthetic. So that's the feelings. So the reason why I'm saying that is when you look up, you're going to reduce your feelings, right? So look up if you ever find yourself struggling with emotion when you're speaking or in in the middle of a story. So the second tip is about stepping into the story. Don't retell that story. And the third tip is when you're telling your story, take some time to describe what you saw, what you heard, and what you felt. And it's actually in in that structure So in other words, if you can describe what you saw visually first in the story, then what you heard or what you told yourself, and then how that made you feel, that is what's called a the charisma pattern. If you study NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, the charisma pattern is a pattern of seeing, hearing, and feeling. So in other words, if I said something like this, I was standing in the room and I looked around and I saw one of my best friends and I could see that he was talking to that person that I did not want to have a conversation with. And I remember hearing all the chatter around in the room, but to be honest, all I could hear was the voice in my own head, which was saying, this is not going to go well. And I felt sick. I felt sick, sick in my stomach. So let me just press pause. Can you see what I just did then? I described what I saw. I described what I heard, and then I described how I felt. And did you notice that you went on a journey pretty quickly with me in that in that little um, you know caveat, like that little uh, vignette of that little story that I just told? Because I went what I saw, what I told myself, and what I felt. Right. So the visual, auditory, kinesthetic. It's known as the charisma pattern. So these three ideas will help you to become a more engaging storyteller. So give them a go. Make sure you practice them, right? Uh, is, is make sure you, ex- you explain the external and the internal. Step into your story. Don't just retell it. Like feel your story is what I mean. Like, like really feel it. And when you talk about your story, describe it in visual, auditory, and kinesthetic. And especially when you start your story, if you can start in that pattern, that's one of the most powerful ways to do it, which is visual, auditory, kinesthetic. It's known as the, known as the charisma pattern. So hey, these are three quick ideas for becoming a more engaging storyteller. Like I mentioned, if you want to go deeper into this, uh, make sure to check out the conversionstoryformula.com. That's where we teach about stories that sell. But I think this will really get you started with understanding like basic storytelling and being more engaging. So hey, if this has been helpful, make sure you take a screenshot, share it on Instagram, tag 
tag me at Colin Boyd. I'd love to connect with you there. And, uh, and also make sure you're subscribed because there's plenty more great content coming up in the coming weeks. I'm looking at the plan and it looks amazing. So we'll speak to you really soon. Thanks so much for your time and we'll talk soon. Bye for now. Why is it so hard to know what content to include in your speeches and webinars? Knowing which ideas to keep in and what to leave out is the difference between just getting claps or signing clients. If you're really serious about making your content highly persuasive, make sure to download the Persuasive Content Builder while it's still available. Go to www.persuasivecontentbuilder.com and get your step-by-step formula for designing and delivering content that connects with your audience and moves them to join your programs. Until then, we look forward to seeing you on the next episode of The Expert Edge.